Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, fellow gamers. We are so excited to have you here with us for the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. It's Thursday again, so it is time to break down recent gaming news over the last week while providing our thoughts. I am your host, Paul, and with me, the Ultra Hand and Fusion Master himself, taking a breather from Tears of the Kingdom to record with us today, it's Josh. Woo! I have been tears and tears and up the kingdom dang it that didn't come out the way i wanted it to i've been playing a lot of zelda is what i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly and with us returning as a guest host once again he's definitely not thinking about selling his ps5 to go buy an xbox to play starfield it's ryan paul josh my dudes thanks for having me back <laughs> i'm some kissed and ready to record okay all right you're not allowed to go to California anymore. <laughs> All right. If anyone didn't hear our last episode, Ryan recorded with us while he was in San Diego. And uh, I think you might have taken some California back with you, Ryan. <laughs> I'm committed, my guys. <laughs> All right. We have so much news to cover here today. I think the biggest news story of the week is definitely the fact that Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has released. As predicted, it's received pretty much consensus acclaim it's currently sitting at a 96 on metacritic i know that josh and i dusted off our switches we've been playing a lot of zelda here recently i'm ashamed to say i don't even know ryan do you even own a switch do you have any interest in playing zelda uh i do have a switch and i definitely downloaded it in california i haven't got to play more than like five (laughs) minutes but yeah i have it I'm, i'm loaded up and ready to go for tonight Oh, very nice. So, of course, we are going to be doing a deep dive on Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's actually going to be our very first console-exclusive deep dive. Wow, really? Actually, that's not true. We did do God of War Ragnarok. This will be our first Switch game, I guess. That's a Switch-exclusive. Yeah, it actually, yeah. We have never done a Switch exclusive game. We've flirted with the idea. There was a time where we were going to do like Mario Golf Super Rush yeah, or whatever it is, Mario a couple tennis. other ones, and then Ooh. and then we just always veered off. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't stick with them <laughs> yeah. long enough to actually cover. So we are not going to talk too much about Zelda right now. We're going to wait and do a full deep dive, so you guys can expect that one here in just a couple weeks. So let's move on to our, our first actual story that we'll cover here today. So, Battlefield 2042 was, of course, a colossal failure. I think everyone knows our thoughts on that game, especially Josh's. Yeah. Uh, we, we did do a deep dive on that game, and it's still currently sitting dead last on yeah. our leaderboard. <laughs> Where it belongs. 
<laughs> down in the dredges. Josh and I have always been huge fans of Battlefield. We were definitely more Battlefield people than Call of Duty people. I even kind of pondered out loud, I wonder what this means for the series. I even said, I kind of wonder if this is almost like the death of Battlefield as we know it. Um, in a way, maybe I might have been onto something there because this week we did get news from EA's CEO, Andrew Wilson. He said that Battlefield will remain a meaningful part of their company. However, it will be back in an entirely new way in the future. So what's your guys' reaction to that statement? And what do you think he might mean by that? Yeah, my trash can is a meaningful part of my office, <laughs> you know, but it's still a trash oh. can. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> so clearly Battlefield is an enormous franchise. It's one of the best selling games of all time. They're not going to completely cut it. But what do you think he means that it's going to be back, but entirely new? And do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Um, um, go ahead. Well, I, actually, I had a question. Ryan, are you a Battlefield or Call of Duty guy? Oh, Neither, man. both? Abs- Battlefield, for sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, uh, I man. remember way back uh, in 19, 1942 and Battlefield Vietnam. I know Paul and I played a lot of Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Uh, Battlefield 2. Yeah, a bunch of them. That, that's, I'm definitely a, a Battlefield guy over Call of Duty, for sure. Okay, so how did you feel about the kick in the groin with uh, 2042? Oh, devastated. <laughs> I was so excited for it, and, uh, and and it came out, and I just was probably like you guys and everybody else. What is this? Yeah, this isn't even oh, this isn't even man. a game. I I read this article. I read them to me, and I know I'm jaded. So if there's Battlefield, if there's still Battlefield fans out there, like I'm sorry, and I know that I come across as jaded on this, but I'm still angry over it. Right. All so. I read. All I read was this, this is all just like CEO speak to say like, oh, forget about the past, guys. Whatever we make next will just be the greatest thing ever. We're going in a new direction. We're going to have new <laughs> oversight and new systems. And, and it's like, dude, no, no, I don't believe you anymore. Well, that that not only do I not believe them because they'll say whatever they want to make sales, right? They said 2042 was a love letter yeah. to fans of the series, and it <laughs> it was not. Uh, they can keep their love in, yeah. in that case. <laughs> but my reaction was, why are they saying we're going to get something entirely new? We don't want something entirely new. Everybody loved Battlefield 4. Battlefield 1 had a lot of redeeming qualities. Battlefield 5 was okay. That was kind of the beginning of the the slide down the mountain. But like... I don't want something entirely new. I want something entirely old. Yes. Go back to the roots of what makes a good Battlefield game good. Like, we do not want specialists. Please do not give me something new, meaning battle passes and seasonal updates. Like, that's not what I think Battlefield people want. I don't think we're asking too much here. Like, what makes for a good Battlefield game? You need, like, balanced guns we want good destructible environments and good vehicle controls like that's honestly all we want why don't they just go back to the roots of what made battlefield 4 fantastic and a couple innovations here or there make it modern i think that's what we want we don't want something entirely new just start giving us more of the old battlefield that we loved dude give me battlefield 2 just update the graphics, copy yep. the code. I literally copy the code, give me updated graphics. I'm sure you can throw in a few quality of life things. I miss the commander. You remember like the, uh, the Battlefield Commander? Yeah, that was yeah. so fun to just be like, oh, I'm the commander this round? Like, yes. And you could call an airstrike. Yeah, well, or the and- squads would say, hey, we need a resupply. And if you had a good commander that was actually paying attention, it would literally sway like the match. You'd be like, hey, squad, go here and take this point. And you'd have a squad that would actually listen. 
And it was great, man. Just take Battlefield 2, upgrade it, put it in Unreal Engine 5. That's what I want. Absolutely. No, I definitely second that motion for sure. Yeah, I loved going in. You get a good squad. I'd love to run Medic and then, you know, on those hot pinch points. <laughs> and I would just, I, I have a million deaths, but I, I revived 10 times more than I died. You know, it's, it was just, I, I had so much fun with those games. The one thing I did like with what Wilson said was uh, about taking ownership and building for the future. Again, could be, you know, just talk, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's not. Yeah, I hope this doesn't mean that they're considering a battle royale mode oh, or no. leaning more into the PvEVP stuff. I don't even remember what 2042 called it. Wasn't it like Hazard Zone? Or oh, something? I remember that. The or extraction I, I might, thing. I yeah, forget what they called I, I, it. I might be confused. No, it they did have Duty. one. I can't remember what they called it, but it wasn't really Hazard good Point, either. something like that. It was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't good. Hazard to your yeah. health. <laughs> so uh, i hope that's not what they mean by something new because we don't want content like that just just give us the good battlefield stuff all right moving on to our next story here we did get an update from hollow knight's camp i know that we have a lot of huge fans of hollow knight that listen to our our podcast the highly anticipated sequel called silk song is still not quite ready and we have now received word that the game has been delayed it will no longer release the first half of this year uh, to be fair, they do say that the game's coming along nicely. It's progressing well. They want to, quote, take the time to make the game as good as they can. Now, I feel like we've heard that from a lot of developers, and I almost never believe that. <laughs> but in this case, I actually am inclined to think the game's probably in pretty good shape. They just want to tie a pretty bow around it, make sure all the final touches are done. I'm not too concerned about Silk Song being delayed. What about you guys? I'm I'm for it, man. I'm honestly for delays at this point. I fully admit I used to be the guy that would get mad when a game got delayed and I would rage about that. But then I think we've seen enough of the outcome of what happens when a game is released too early that that makes me more mad. So it's like, I'll take the just being mad about a delay over getting a crappy game at this point. Um, but really, I'm not even mad anymore. I will say this is great. This tells me that they really want this game to be good. They are not under a ton of pressure from some huge publisher to say, hey, just just get this out. Um, and th the other thing about Silk Song to me is that this is not just Hollow Knight 1.5. They're adding and changing a lot about this game. Like The developers even came out and said, we don't want to just make another Hollow Knight. Yes, it's the same world, and I'm sure a lot of the game mechanics will still be the same, but they're adding so many features to the game that I'm a-okay with them saying, listen, we think we're most of the way there, but this and this probably still need a little tweaking, so we're going to delay it a little bit. I mean, we're almost in the second half of 2023 already, so them saying it's not coming <laughs> yeah. in the first half is not really like, <laughs> it's not <laughs> bothering me too much. Not a big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I'm on I'm on the same camp with you, Josh, that uh yeah, if it takes a little longer to get it out right and they don't have to fix stuff and patch things in, you know, a couple weeks after or a month after. That that's why I mean it, it's funny you said that too. I, I went on the comments and I took a couple of the tweets and it's just a total polar opposites of how people are. One one says real quick, Wow, another delay for Silk Song. Can't wait to tell my grandkids about this highly anticipated game that will never actually come out. <laughs> yeah. And then and then one a couple below it was Take all the time you need. We want a, a good, not quick. So it's just funny the polar opposites. But yeah, I'm I'm in the camp of if it's going to take another couple months to make it right, just do it. Just don't release it at the end of August or the beginning of September. There's already <laughs> like three or four major games coming out then. 
that I'm still struggling with how am I going to play all these games at the same time and yeah. just wait a little bit longer. <laughs> you don't want Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, and Silk Song to come out. Yeah, and Liza P and Silk <laughs> <Yeah>. Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that this is a developer that knows what gamers want. You can tell from playing the first game, whether you like Hollow Knight or not, you can tell that these are people that understand the Metroidvania genre. And if you like Metroidvanias, you probably love Hollow Knight. I if, if I don't know anyone out there who loves Metroidvanias, but they hate Hollow Knight. So I think they know what gamers want. If the game needs a little TLC, a little more time to bake in the oven... I don't think any of us are going to be too upset. And this year is so jam-packed that honestly a little delay here or there is fine. Let's try to spread these games out a little yeah. bit anyway. That's on like this sounds crazy to say, but that's honestly my biggest concern. It's like <laughs> yeah. Don't release it around another really big game. Like please spread these things out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst thing to be a little delayed. All right. Well, we do want to tell all of our listeners about our Patreon. So our show is almost entirely funded by our listeners. And we would appreciate if some of you out there would consider helping support us on Patreon. It's not just going to be free money that you give us. We do try to give you guys perks that make it well worth your money. So anybody who signs up on Patreon does get two bonus episodes every month. It's a feed called the Squadcast. Those are 45 minutes each. They're a little bit looser and and a little more goofier and, and funny. Uh, we do talk mostly about gaming, but also other stuff like food, silly would you rathers. It's a ton of fun. And you also get all of our episodes ad free and a day early. So if you want to go check that out, you can see that at multiplayersquad.com. All right. With all that being said, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more multiplayer gaming podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, we are back. Next up here is actually a trio of related stories. I thought this was kind of funny. I was, you know, looking throughout the week and I kept seeing news about fighting games. So we actually have three different stories here that are all related to three different fighting games. Uh, let's see. We have word that Street Fighter 6 is going to have an open beta from May 19th to the 21st. Tekken 8 released a character reveal and a gameplay trailer. And we also got some news that the next Mortal Kombat game will apparently be a reboot. It is not going to be called Mortal Kombat 12, but Mortal Kombat 1. All right. Now, I have not really followed the fighting genre very closely here in the last several years. I feel a little bit out of my league, but I tried to get caught, tried to get caught up on everything here uh, over the last couple of days. What do you guys want to talk about here? What, what has your interest or what do you think would be fun to talk about? 
Um, all of it. I'm a fan of fighting games, <laughs> even though I have, uh, I'll be honest, I have fallen out of that genre just because I don't have the time to put in to get really good. And I feel like the online community in fighting games is this small but very tight group of people. Like if you go online and you look at, just pick a fighting game at like the concurrent players, it's usually under a thousand um, for most fighting games anymore. So I'm hoping that Street Fighter VI kind of revitalizes that. There is a lot of hype behind Street Fighter VI. I feel like out of these three, this is probably the biggest one. I tried the demo for like an hour. I hated this weird open world. You run around and just pick fights with people in the city and stuff like that. I I just wanted to fight. I just wanted to try out the game mechanics. And I felt like the, the demo didn't really want to let me do that. And then I finally got into it. And I was like, who is this guy? Every other character was locked. And I was like, man, I don't know. I got other stuff I got to do. But there's a beta that is coming out from between May 19th and the 21st, where you will have access to, I think it's like six characters at that point. And I believe that you'll actually have online play. So I will be checking this out because I want to see, will this rekindle like my love of that genre? Or is it just truly dead to me at that point? Yeah, I, I downloaded the the demo as well. I got it when it, you know, the day it came out and I did the same thing. I'm like, what, what is this little open world thing I'm in? And, you got to talk to these people and some guys challenging you. And I was just like, yeah, I don't feel like doing this right now. And I, I popped yeah. it off. I haven't got back into it. I was like, I'll check out this, check it out later. Let me just remember the days where it was just online, pick your fighter, go. And then you were matched up. That's yeah. all I want, man. Quit overcomplicating these things. It's a fighting game. Well, talking about like overcomplicating things. So I did a search for Tekken versus Mortal Kombat. And I was kind of curious, like, what do people out there say? I don't know about you guys, but Tekken was never a part of my gaming growing up. I was very aware of it. I had a couple of friends who liked it. I remember people playing it on PC, and I remember it always looking cool, and it was a little more 3D, and the camera would move around. I probably played a total of an hour of Tekken my entire life. So I was kind of curious to find out. And some people were saying, well, you know, if you're a little more hardcore, Tekken is much more realistic. They're not like shooting fireballs and stuff, or at least not until Tekken 7 or something like that. But then a couple people had posted about how good the story was of Mortal Kombat. Did you guys know that this game actually has like a really complicated set of lore and story over all the Mortal Kombat games. Dude, Mortal Kombat lore is bananas. I went down that rabbit hole at one point and it is it's insane how much lore is behind the characters, the interaction yeah. behind the characters, the universes that that's in there. People are trying to rule things and they're resetting things and I know where you're going with this on the this Mortal Kombat reboot because I read about a little bit of this, like Liu Kang reset the universe. And so everything went back to a different time. And now it's like, this is why oh we gosh. think it's being rebooted and all that. Like, this is crazy. That's wild. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know that it was that deep for sure. I ended up watching a 45 minute YouTube video on the Mortal Kombat timeline. <laughs> And I want to say about 14% of it made sense to me because the rest made no sense to me at all. I didn't realize that 
Sub-Zero dies in the first Mortal Kombat, and then in Mortal Kombat 2, there is a Sub-Zero, but it's actually the first Sub-Zero's younger brother. And there's, uh, and, and then the, the first Sub-Zero breaks out of the Nether Realm and comes back, but he's now under a new name called Noob Cybot. I mean, there's like all this crazy stuff. All the stuff with Raiden is like kind of bananas. Raiden turns into a god, but then he dies, but he comes back as Dark Raiden. And then there's a Mortal Kombat game called Armageddon, where apparently Earth is going to be destroyed. So he sends a message back in time to younger Raiden, which is when the series had their first reboot. So they've already rebooted Mortal Kombat once. And then over the course of that game, then like a bunch of gods possess Raiden to kill like a villain. And I'm like, I had no idea that Mortal Kombat had all of these plot lines. So everyone was kind of wondering like, well, what does this reboot mean? Cause they've already rebooted it once. So what exactly does that mean? And how are they going to handle it? I will say it actually made me kind of interested in Mortal Kombat because I don't really care about just the 1v1 fighting games. I don't really have any interest in playing Street Fighter 6, but if Mortal Kombat actually gives me a really interesting story along with it, with a fun one-player campaign, and I can dabble in the online stuff, maybe that's something I'd actually look into. But yeah, I, I had no clue until just this weekend. As as much of a Street Fighter fan as I am, I actually have more hopes, I think, for a Mortal Kombat game to be good at this point. Maybe that's just because I I I want to switch to something and just remember like my Street Fighter days. And yeah. so it's easier for me mm-hmm. to say, well, I'll just jump on the Mortal Kombat train now. Uh I don't know, but I, I'm I Tekken I never cared for. I had a very good friend who used to go over to his house all the time, and this guy was the biggest Tekken nerd ever. And like none of us could play him because he would just like crush us all in Tekken. And that's all he ever wanted to play. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to play Tekken with you. And he's like, come on, man, just a few rounds, just a few rounds. And I'm like, I don't want to play, man. You're like, it's not any fun. That's, that's what Paul would rage quit on me on uh, NHL. What was it? 2K8? Oh, one of those. Yeah, one yeah. of those. I, I found some little glitch where I could just do this move coming in uh, in the crease or something. I'd score every time. I'd be up like 12-0. And he's like, I'm not playing <laughs> yeah, this no anymore. Point. I'm not. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like our friend Curtis. Like, Curtis always loved magic. And he's like, you guys should go buy some magic cards and play with me. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll go buy some starter decks. And, of course, Curtis has probably spent, I don't know, like $5,000 on magic cards. <laughs> beats the pants off the rest of us and i'm like curtis you're gonna have to build a separate deck that only has so many like rare cards and he says no why would i ever do that <laughs> i'm like then why would i ever play you this is like that me sounds playing exactly basketball. like curtis yeah. yes it'd be like me playing basketball against kindergartners like i don't even think it would be fun for me or them so i i don't get it you got to have some parody but yeah, so looking at these three games, I was kind of surprised to see how close some of them are coming out to one another. So Street Fighter Six is going to release on June 2nd. Mortal Kombat 1 looks like it's going to release in September. Tekken 8 is a little bit more behind. That's probably going to release next year. But do you guys see a chance of us deep diving any of these? Do you see yourself buying any of them? Or do you think they're just going to slip past us? I 
I can't see I, as much as I would like to get into like Street Fighter again or something like that. I just can't see it happening. I don't know. Again, maybe that genre is just past me by. Maybe I'm too old and slow at this point, or maybe I, I just maybe the matchmaking's not all that great. I, I can't imagine we deep dive one of these. Now, if it comes out and people are like, dude, this is the greatest fighting game in the last you know 15 years, that might pique my interest a little bit, but. Yeah. I, I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little jaded. I just want, give me the pure 1v1 combat. I don't need all the fluff. All the fluff just distracts me at this point. Street Fighter with an open world running around a city? What? <laughs> like, that actually bugs me. Every game has an open world these days, Josh. It's just mandatory. Just <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably, uh, again, if they come out and there's a lot of hype about them or something, I'll probably check it out. But I'm probably, and I will say, the Tekken 8, the... The uh, video I watched was it, it. I would say it looked crisp, and and the mechanics looked pretty cool. The way you know, with the way that they fought and everything, it did look like you guys were saying earlier, realistic. But other than that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have much anticipation to play these for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought Tekken looked awesome. Yeah, and from what I've read, I guess a lot of characters still have all the same moves from game to game to game. So that's why if you've been playing six Tekkens in a row with the same character and you're in like the top 0.1%, you're going to destroy everyone. I guess with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, it's a little more of like a hard reset for each game. I, I will say with games like this, open betas are perfect because I'll play it five to 10 hours and I'll kind of just get it out of my system. And that's kind of all I need. So I, I'm more than happy to help beta test. And that's about it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So one thing that we did want to let our listeners know is that we do have a free Discord available. There is an invite link inside the episode description. We have a very amazing family-friendly community through our free Discord. We would love to have you guys join us there. And also, you can find us on social media everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. All right. Moving on to our last story of the week. Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer said to Kinda Funny Games that they lost the last gen of console wars. So the Xbox One, they say we lost. They also said it was a terrible generation to lose the battle because this is when people started building their digital library. Um, basically, he said that the idea of just making better games won't help them gain ground on the PlayStation and Nintendo because people are locked into their console brand because of the last generation. They've built up their digital libraries. They're not very likely to leave that behind to buy an Xbox. And he also said, no matter how good Starfield might be, no one is going to go sell their PlayStation or their Switch to go buy like a Series X and, and play Starfield. Do you guys agree with that sentiment? And and like, why do you think he's saying this? Do, do you agree? What are your thoughts? think uh yeah i, I would agree because it's true um i definitely <laughs> I, I had the ps4 I, I was lucky to get it on launch day but i have so many games in my digital library I, I, xbox doesn't even cross my mind you know with that I, I i just i've always been a sony guy playstation i've had i had a 360 and i had original xbox those are the only ones i ever had but uh you just have too much invested now. You're, you're you're used to the controller. You have all your games lined up and set up. If you want to go back and get some, you can just you know hop back and then the game passes. So yeah, no, I'm I'm a Sony guy for sure. This one's weird because there's always been the Xbox versus PlayStation, you know, console wars and stuff like that. The thing that I I think the one 
takeaway on this one is like, I get it, but people have always been in that system. If you were a PlayStation 2, you probably picked up a PlayStation 3, probably picked up a PlayStation 4. It's rare that people switch in that regard. But with all, I mean, I did. I had the Xbox uh, 360, and then I had a PlayStation 2, and then I had a PlayStation 4. My big thing with this, and the the one like caveat to this story that bugs me a little bit, is he saying that no matter how good Starfield is, that nobody's going to go out and sell their PS5 to to pick it up. But I disagree with that, man. And Paul, like, I'll remind you, I don't remember what episode it was. It was about three months ago where you, I remember you specifically saying, like, I remember at this point you were like, I think if I could go back and redo it, I wouldn't have bought the PS5 at this point. Mm -hmm. But now with games like Final Fantasy 16 and Spider-Man 2, and we're starting to see these exclusives kind of come to light finally. I mean, it's been how many years has the PS5 been out now too, right? And the Series X, <laughs> yeah. and it's like we're getting we're just now getting to the point where you're making really good games for these things. Um but like I legitimately want to go buy a PS5 so that I can play some of these exclusives. Now, am I going to eh, maybe not? Maybe Maybe, maybe not, maybe. <laughs> but that's like the draw for me. And so I think if you're trying to sell a specific console against your rival, that you have to have some kind of draw to that. Because let's be honest, they can all stream services. They can all do like the home entertainment stuff at this point. So where's the differentiation at that point? Well, and that's the thing, because yes, to an extent, what he said is correct. I don't know that Starfield by itself is going to draw people. But you know what you have to do if you're Microsoft? You have to release good game after good game after good game that are exclusives, and people will go buy your console. So it's a little strange for me to hear him say, look, in the current age, you have to have a built-up digital library in order to survive, but Xbox's entire model is Game Pass, where you do not own anything in your digital library. So it's a little bit weird to almost... Like, say, well, we've already lost that war, so we're not even going to try. But if Microsoft was banging out an exclusive every month that's like a very good to great game, then over the course of a year or two, people would go buy it. So it seems kind of weird to me. Part of me almost wondered, is this almost somehow like related to the Activision deal where they're trying to prove that like Xbox is not this powerhouse or something? It just seemed kind of weird to me. Uh, I get what he's saying, but it seems almost like acknowledging that they've already given up with the current console war. And I, I didn't really understand that. I was going to say, it sounds like he's just he's just given up. He's just like, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, it, it, it is what it is. That's what I'm, that's what you want to hear from the, the CEO or whatever. Yeah, right. Of like of the yeah. console that you might own and paid a lot of money for at that point. I I do think that we're starting to see this like divergence of Xbox with the Game Pass, and I think they've definitely taken some hits lately. I, I know that a lot of people say Game Pass is the best deal in gaming out there. Like, there's just so many games you can play. But on the flip side. Now we're starting to get the, oh, and available on Game Pass Day 1, and people go, oh, that means that game sucks. Like, a la Redfall, right? Where it's like, oh, it's on Day 1 Game Pass, and then it's like, why? We keep getting these garbage games. So, Mm -hmm. And then PlayStation is coming out and saying, look, here's some exclusives. It might have taken a while, but they're going to be really good. 
And so it's like, is this like fast food versus like restaurant to where it's like, look, it takes a little bit longer to get your meal, but you're probably going to enjoy it a little bit more. Or you can just eat something that maybe will make you full and not feel that great later on. But I don't know that's the best route for these companies to go. (laughs) Well, everything is in just such a weird place because if you had told me seven years ago, Sony is going to start porting everything to PC then you would say no one's going to buy a console. Like everyone's just going to game on PC, but every PC port is a piece of flaming dog poop. (laughs) So now it's even weirder where I feel like I'm more likely to buy a game for my PS five, even if it's coming out on PC, because I don't have any trust in these PC ports. So it's weird that now you have everything coming to PC. I mean, everything on Xbox is available in Windows on day one. So in in a sense, you'd never need an Xbox if you have a gaming PC and you're getting all your Sony stuff, but it's lower quality. I don't know. Like if you can only have one moving forward, I think we would all still say PC, but it's not as clear as, as you would think. If you make good games, like legitimately make really good games, people will want those. And I'm close to wanting to buy a PS5. You throw one more PS5 exclusive game out there that I'm like, dude, I must play this game. I'm I'm gonna cave. Like you're you've got me at the cusp. Do it. You know, uh, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> don't, don't you put that on me. <laughs> Final Fantasy sixteen. I know, deep dude, dive. I, 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 you, you guys have no idea how many times in my head I've run through the conversation with my wife about why I need to go buy a PS five. You know, and it's like oh, I can't, guys. I just can't. Um, but I, I do think that as much as I lament exclusives, because if I can't play the exclusive I want to, I go, oh well, exclusives suck. But if you're trying to sell consoles, you have to have those exclusives or you have to have some kind of technology that the other person doesn't have. And that's where I feel like that's not just not there anymore. It's very weird. I don't know who I would bet on moving forward. I mean, console wise, I will say it seems like Nintendo and Sony have the stranglehold. They're going to do just fine. Yep. I would put my money on them. Yeah. It does make me wonder about the future of Xbox. Like, where are they going to be in five, ten years? I think that's... Uh, I'm very curious to find out. All right. Well, that wraps up everything here for today's show. We want to say thank you to Ryan for joining us. We want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you do want to join their ranks, make sure to head over to MultiplayerSquad.com and also make sure to join our Discord using that link in the episode description. And we would love to have all of you back for our future episodes. Make sure to hit the follow button so you get notified when they all drop. We do have new episodes on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. All right. Well, that's everything here for today. And until next time, happy gaming. All right. See you, everybody. See ya.